to the Eric Zane Show podcast. It is a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures. That's a question I get asked a lot. So what do you do? Like, do you do stuff? What happens? What goes on on that show? And I'm like, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, somehow I just managed to string words together for a uh, inordinate amount of time. Uh, and for going on six years, it's managed to work. And then I like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, I, I kind of, I talk about the news. I talk about what's going on in my life. There's always something ridiculous happening. So that's how it goes. And, uh, yesterday was, this is not the first time. This has happened, what I'm about to tell you. But I didn't realize that it had happened before. I had forgotten that it had happened before. History repeated itself. At the basketball game last night, the goddamn shot clock malfunctioned. And... I had just talked about it yesterday. As I'm walking out of the arena, I encountered Nick, the electrician, who works there. And he was instrumental, and I'll get to the details of it. Hold hold on. O'Neal, no. Drives me crazy. Uh, He was involved in getting it back to working again since he works maintenance at the facility. As I'm walking out, he goes, that's the second time, Easy, that you have told that cursed story about what happened in 2016, February of 2016. And subsequent game, the shot clock malfunctioned. I go, what? He goes, yeah. Last year, you told that story. Ten hours later, you were at the arena, and then the clock malfunctioned. And this all happened on your show. I go, well, I don't recall any of that. He goes, well, I know that. Uh, But that's exactly what happened. So it happened again last night. I know it had happened once more at the Delta Plex. And I know it had happened at Van Andel Arena. But I couldn't have told you that I had actually talked about it on the show. And then hours later, it actually happened. But it was. And this was this was the big kahuna. This one was more devastating than any of the other ones that had happened. Within I mean, considering what you know happened on the court. Obviously the first one was the most devastating. Uh, you know, because I lost a job. Actually lost two jobs. Um So here we are on this anniversary again, anniversary week. The actual first incident actually happened on February 4, 2016. So when we get around that period of time, I'll, you know, may or may not tell that whole saga again. You know, sometimes sometimes it's fun to just go back and hear those stories as ridiculous as they may be, even though you've heard them before. Uh, It's kind of like fucking... 
uh, what's that fat ass's name who does comedy with his shirt off? Bert Kreischer telling the um, story about the Russian mafia. Every time there's a new layer added to the story that you tell it. So yesterday I told this story. About uh, the whole shot clock incident. I show up to work at the, uh, at the arena yesterday and I sit down. And I notice people milling around the piece of electronics that runs the uh, timer and the shot clock. Above the backboard, there's the display on either end. And it's fucked up. You can tell. And they're like, hmm, hmm. Now the officials, they walk out. There's three refs. Two of them are ladies for yesterday's game. And uh, part of their checklist of things to get started every game is make sure that the clocks are operating properly. And uh, this one ref, the crew chief, her name is Angel. She goes, what's up with those? And they're like, uh, yeah, we're, we're working on it. There's a, a loose wire. That was actually what was said. Yeah, it's just a, a loose wire. She goes, oh. Okay. Loose wire, you say. Game starts. With 31.3 seconds remaining, the quote-unquote loose wire, I guess, got a little bit too loose because that fucking thing went dark. Refs blow the whistle. Okay, you're going to get this fixed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. We got it. It's like uh, one or two people that are running the goddamn thing. And uh, nothing's working. Nothing's working. And I'm, it's getting awkward. And uh, we're like playing YMCA. Get the cry. Hey, it's time to dance. We're going to. Yeah, we got to. We got to take care of this. No problem. Let's do the YMCA. YMCA ends. Clock not fixed. Okay, let's uh, 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 fucking, what's the name of that song? Uh, give that big booty a slap. She hit the flow. Shut it got low, 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 low. So we're doing that one. All right, that ends. Uh, let's go, Macarena. Macarena, everybody. We're, we're, we're emptying the cupboard in the first quarter on things for the audience to do. Nick is with us right now. He says, it's always three fucking minutes before the game, uh, the game when I get the call. So Nick, you know, shows up there uh, and troubleshooting. And, uh, we're getting nowhere fast. This went on for 37 minutes. At one point, the ref, uh, the refs are talking to the guys at the scorer's table. And then one of the, my spotter comes up to me and goes, you are involved in this discussion. I said, oh, I know. I know. I know I am. And sure enough, she comes walking up. She goes, okay. I need you to open up your fucking cell phone 
and uh, you're going to like run the timer on your phone. And every time there's a change in possession, you have to yell out how much time is left. And, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> and then what you also have to do is have somebody next to you running a shot clock on their phone. 24 seconds. And when there's, and then same thing. So this is even worse than uh, the Delta Plex incident. Because not only do I have to announce a shot clock, 10 seconds remaining on the shot clock, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I have to announce how much time is left in the quarter. And then while she's giving me those instructions, one of the other refs says, no, no, fuck that. We're not going to do that. Come on over here. And they like huddle. And then they come walking back. They go, all right, we're going to send both teams to the locker room. And this is going to get fixed. So I look at Nick. Nick looks at me. People in the audience now are looking at me. And I see, like, they're, like, leaning out of their, they're, like, jumping out of their seats practically, waiting for me to make some fucking crack. Did I rise to the occasion and say anything to reference the awkwardness and the, uh, uh, ironic ironicness of this well of course i did you got to dive in both feet i announced on the pa for the for the audience this is just great i feel like i'm back at the delta plex couple of folks made eye contact they're like yep we remember dwindling number of people even remember me who i am they're like oh yeah there's that asshole who fucking threw his career onto a goddamn bonfire because he made fun of joel's pants behind me is the guy who fight because if you remember not only did i get fired for that fucking radio show i got fired from the basketball team over that this was, you know, size of the problem. The The overreaction involved in that was so fucking ridiculous. Because the basketball team fired me too. And they were, we stand with Joel. You will not make fun of his pants. You're fired. And then like three months later, I was out in front of the radio station smoking a dart. And the dude who owns the team walks up and goes, hey, what's going on? I go, not much. What are you doing? This is the guy who fired me. He goes, hey, hey, uh, do you want to come back? I go, come back? You fired me. He goes, ah, yeah, I know, but that was just because everyone was firing you. We had to get on board and have fun and fucking fire you. I go, you fucking dick. Yeah, I'll come back. Fuck you. We had a big laugh. Off we went. He's standing behind me last night. Uh, and I, I look at him, I go, Steve. And uh, he goes, yeah. Now, I kind of, um, just to be, uh, you know, to capture the moment, I fudged the details a little bit because the first incident hack actually happened at February on February 4th, 2016. Or the 4th, February 4th, 2016 was the game that the ill-fated shot clock incident happened. I look at him, I go, dude, eight years ago tonight, tonight, eight years ago tonight, he goes, 
no way. I go, yes. Can you believe this shit? He goes, oh, my God. It's an all-timer. I go, you're goddamn right. It's an all-timer. Buckets, the mascot. We have to entertain these people. So 37 minutes. So we do shoddy, hit the floor, fucking uh, Reeboks with the strap, big booty slap, uh, all that shit. Dance cams as much as we can. Buckets, the mascot, comes out, and uh, it was announced that he's trying to set a uh, world record for one-arm push-ups by a mascot. Then he's at half court trying to make half court shots. Tyler says, did you throw up the pepper grinder cam? Oh my God. Can you imagine if we busted that one out? The pepper grinder cam. I think that's a great idea. Just, you know, you get some four-year-old kid doing the pepper grinder. Wow. The teams actually were sent back to the locker room. Then, um, now this is much more of a problem than a loose wire. That's what the, the, the they were saying. Oh, yeah, it's just a loose wire. It's fine. This is, be- <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> before they even called Nick. Yeah, hey, uh, can you come fix the loose wire? It wasn't a goddamn loose wire. The whole fucking, there's like this piece of equipment. It's, uh. It's like a board. That thing was fried because they went and, you know, the last resort, this is after like all this time, somebody thinks to bring out the backup board. Like you assholes. That's like the first thing you should have done. That goddamn backup board should be at the feet of the guy who operates the thing. So when the thing goes kablooey, you just hook up the new one there was talk of canceling the game so uh shot clock operator guy they like hook it all up there's like five people gathered around and oh my god and i'm just sitting there going you've got to be kidding me but it wasn't until after the game when i was walking out that nick who was in the middle of this fucking shit storm said, you told that fucking cursed story today, and uh, this is the same thing that happened the last time you told the story. So that means now that we are aware of it, that the next time we tell that story, it'll probably be in about one year, we will be paying extra close attention to what happens that night, or the next, the subsequent basketball game. This all adds to the majestic lore from that uh, February 2016 incident. When my world came crashing down because I destructively attacked a man over his choice of trousers. Jesus Christ. So easy. What did you get fired for? Did you call somebody the N-word on the radio? No. Did you show up high? Were you stoned? No. Did you touch a child? No. Uh, did you say something terrible about uh, any other ethnic group? Anything. 
Any any racial slurs? No. I made fun of a guy's pants. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. Wow. So the game went way late. We won. All good. All good. They go at it again tonight. Now, you want to be there just for that. I mean, who wouldn't want to do 37 minutes of YMCA and then to the right, to the right, to the right, to the right. Now kick, now kick, now now walk it by yourself. Now walk it by yourself. God. Holy cow. Sarah says, sounds fun. It, uh, it actually wasn't that bad. We were able to make it through, no problem. Everybody had a good time. Away we go. Uh, old habits die hard for your uh, for your pal EZ. Because uh, I went on the um, on the walk through my neighborhood, and uh, well, I started to jog. Now, my doc said to me, it "Was easy. Your running days are over. You are no longer going to run anymore. That arthritis in your right leg, your right knee." You are going to exacerbate the scenario. Make it worse quicker if you run. You're done running. You're trying to buy yourself time so you can get a new knee. Basically, he's telling me it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Um, and then you're going to have it replaced. Now, what I, I'm like, well, why not just put a new one in now? That way it won't ache all the damn time. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Uh, Maureen says, look at uh, your luscious hair this morning. Well, yeah, you know. I mean, who, who could? Um, I mean, it is looking fantastic, by the way. It's a little long. I have to get it. I have to get it cut. But it's very, very attractive. I am an extremely attractive man. Everybody knows that. taking that walk and it just takes too damn long to get the see I'm, my calorie count is 420 i need to have 420 calories burnt from movement and most of it happens on that walk the problem is that takes me a long time because the app on my phone it's watching me how much distance i cover and how fast i cover that distance and if i cover the distance faster that means i'm burning calories quicker so there I am walking around. It takes forever because I'm walking. So I start to jog. Light, very slow. I mean, my uh, my steps are so small. It looks like one of the chase scenes in the TV show Benny Hill. Great reference that no one gets. And uh, I, my heart... And lungs are so cardiovascularly, vascularly, my heart and lungs are so weak that I can't do anything without complete out of breath exhaustion. That's how quickly 
the endurance in my heart and lungs has left me in the time since I stopped running. So, look, taking a walk is one thing, just to, like, get moving. But my heart and lungs are fucking weak. They have detrained, and that's bothersome because I figured that out because I jog. I'm not kidding you. 100 yards, and I had to stop. This is horrible. You know, considering the fact that there was a time in my life when I would jump in a lake and swim 2.4 miles without a break. That would take me about 70 minutes, which is fucking fast. I get out of the water, run into this tent, one minute later, I'm on a bike, on a 112-mile bike ride. No big deal. No problem. Hours later, return, put the uh, bike back, throw on my running shoes, and run a damn marathon. Holy shit. And now here I am, handful of years later, and I am struggling to catch my breath from a 100-yard uh, jog. Drug. It was a drug. So I do my little 100 yards. Start to walk. Walk for another 100 yards. I'm doing like a walk, run, 5K, couch to 5K style. And I'm like, okay. Florida man says your ACL will fly out while taking a crap in someone's yard. Why don't you shut up? Uh, there was one point in this little jog of mine, and I did get my work done. I got it all done, most of it jogging, like real, basic, just so slow. There was one point I said, okay, I can't stop anymore. I have to keep moving. I'm going to have to slow down so much that I don't get winded so that I can actually make it to the end, to like my house. Now, back in the day, I would just go out on the roads. This is in my neighborhood. So I look like a psychopath. And my neighbors see me and they're waving. I see Cindy and her dog, Tater Tot. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Uh, hi, Cindy. Hi, Tater Tot. Oh, my God. So embarrassing. My fat ass. The only thing I have going for me is my hair uh, makes it through. And then um, I walk up my driveway. I've hit my goal. I, I did it. I actually did it. I got a little notification on my phone. It says, congrats, you did it. You hit your goal. Yeah, it's Cindy and Tater Tot. Tyler says, quote, hi, Kathy. Hi, French fry. Because I murdered their names. I called her Cheryl and I called the dog McNugget. Hey, Cheryl and McNugget. No, no, no. I'm Cindy. This is Tater Tot. I'm like, ah, fuck. Well, I've committed it to memory now. So shut up. Um, the next hours are critical because if my knee doesn't hurt 
That's a good sign. In the back of my mind, I'm like, all I want to do is just be able to take a nice leisurely jog every once in a while, burn calories at a faster pace so I don't have to walk for two hours around the neighborhood. rest of the night comes and goes i have the uh shot clock incident again way at the uh, arena for way too long for a basketball game have fun come home no issues so i'm like okay i'm gonna take the next day off that would be today and just take a nice leisurely old man walk and then we will reassess however woke up this morning Got yourself a gun. It hurts. It's bothering me right now. It's not incredibly bad. It's just a little bit. It's just letting me know, hey, okay, all right. There you are again. There you are again, not listening to your doctor. It's your own world. So, a little stretchy, stretchy. And uh, I will attempt a walk. Maybe it will loosen up at some point, but it's just remarkable to me. I will be on the receiving end of a knee replacement. Tyler says they don't like doing joint replacements until it's absolutely necessary. All right. Why? I don't know. I guess because there's a risk. I was talking with my dad about this and, um, you know, because we don't really have a lot to talk about because he's so forgetful. As uh, Trucker Dan says, whatever happened to feet over elbows or whatever, that's knees over toes. Yeah, that does seem to provide some relief, but um, it doesn't seem to be a permanent repair. I th- it was miraculous at the time. But I think the um, I think the pain won out. It might affect people differently because Rick still does it, and he seems to be like in you know uh, no. He seems to be having no issues. He seems to have regenerated his knee somehow. I don't know. But I yeah, I still do that. I still do knees over uh, knees over toes exercises. I was talking with my dad. I go, yeah, dad, I have a, I have arthritis in my right knee. I can't, I can't do much more than like a walk. So he was like upset about that. And then uh, I, I informed him that I have to get one day. I will need a knee replacement. And he was blown away that that even exists, that they can put a new knee in there. Um, he won't remember that conversation. Then I called him yesterday. I called dad yesterday. It's a totally different story because as I've indicated to you, I'm in the process of um, establishing a, a new life insurance policy because the other one expired. So I'm going to buy another policy for my uh, later years. And since that is his forte, that is what he did for a living. Um, I, I have all the answers I need, but I just wanted to talk to him about it because well, I wanted to see how much he remembered. And I also, you know, he likes to feel like he has, um, 
he likes to feel like he his input is 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 appreciated is something for him to do i guess in a day in an age for him where he's constantly being told what he cannot do and um what is good and what's bad it's, it it kind of affects his his worth his self-worth at least that's my opinion So I call him up. I go, yeah, dad. So uh, this is what they want me to do. They want me to purchase this. This is a 10 year. This is a 15. This is the price of a 20. This is the price of a 30 year uh, policy. And so I'm running it all by him. And man, I tell you what, it's like he um, never, ever got out of the game. His knowledge is just unbelievable. And I was reading why that is. Why, when it comes to a dementia patient, some like he couldn't tell you what he had for breakfast, but he could tell you about, you know, a life insurance policy. And the way it's described is physically in the brain, neural connections and synapses are stronger on things that are repeated, whatever it may be, uh, your day-to-day job. So um, if whatever it is you do for a living, you do that all throughout, it's, it's your life's work. You've established so much strength in those neural connections that it's like the last thing to go. But those not as strong bonds are physically destroyed and it's remarkable that this all takes place. So that's why it's very, very important for dementia patients. If you are in their life, don't like leave for a long period of time. Like don't forget to uh, call or something like that. And then, so I'm talking to a buddy uh, of my dad's. His name is Bill Pistorio. And um, he's involved in this whole life insurance thing. And, uh, they, my dad was his mentor. So I'm talking to Bill and, uh, Bill says, yeah, I talked to your dad in, uh, in December. I go, okay. So then I'm talking to my dad. I go, so Mr. Pistorio says, hi. And he goes, who? I go, Bill Pistorio. He goes, oh yeah, yeah. I haven't talked to him in a long time. I go, no, I think you talked to him in December. He goes, uh, I don't think so. And then you hear Joanne say, yes, she did. So I go, Okay. So then I, I call Bill up. I go, look, dude, he's forgetting the conversations. If you don't want him to forget you, you got to call him like a lot or you're, oops, hang on. The fuck? So I want, I want to forget that. So, uh he goes oh my god yeah i had no idea oh yeah that's and it it gets worse all the time it it gets worse all the time and then eventually he's just gonna forget everything it's fucking devastating uh megan says i'm thankful you got to have that conversation with him i bet it was good for your heart oh yeah yeah um i i kind of um i i knew all the answers to the things that i was asking him but I wanted him to tell me, you know, uh, it's kind of like we were together up North and we had to change a tire 
on uh, somebody's car got a flat tire. And uh, so we say, Dad, we need your help. We got to change this tire. Now, we obviously know what the fuck we're doing. And so we're like, okay, let's give him jobs. Now, the, the, the fucking tire iron that goes on the lugs and you loosen it, he has no idea how that works. So we kind of like put it on there, loosen it just a little. Go, okay, Dad, you got to spin this thing, and then these, these, these will come off. And he'll say, well, yeah, I mean, he could have done that in his sleep before. So then he figures that out, and uh, we take the lugs, and we take them off, and they're there in a pile. And like 30 seconds, later, he goes, what the hell are these things here? How did these, did these fall off, guy? No, 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 those, no, no, we, we put those there. And then, so we like, uh, put the jack under the car. Okay, dad, now you got to turn this thing and the car will rise up. You know, it'll lift up. Okay, guy. And he's turning the fucking thing and the car goes up. And then Joanne like gets his attention. He looks at her and then he looks back and the car is, is in the air. You know, you can see that it's, it's up. It's jacked up. He goes, what the hell happened here? What's going on with this thing? It's in the air. I go, yeah, I know. Well, we just jacked it up. We got it. That's how you get the tire off. Oh, okay. Dad, pull the tire off. The what? The tire. This thing. Oh, okay, guy. This is fucking ridiculously hilarious and fun and awesome and sad at the same time. Oh, my God. Um, the way this feels to me right now is if you were to uh, plot it out like the date that I found out that my had that my dad had dementia, I'm guessing that was 2017, 2018. And a, uh, a dot is every time I think about his mortality from that date, whatever it was, to February 8th, 2024. And um, a dot would represent... Um, my times that I think about his eventual, you know, passing times that I actually think about it and you would see not a, you'd see a lot of space between each dot on the, on the plotting, if you will. And then, uh, slowly but surely more dots would appear as you pass through the passage of time, because I'm constantly reminded that, you know, this is a this is a temporary job here on the planet. I don't mean to bring the room down. It's just what's on my mind right now. What's on my mind today because of the interactions that I have with him. But I treasure those. I really do. And um and you should too. Not only with him, but with, you know, people in your life. Unless if they're an asshole. Okay? Uh unless they are horrible. Uh, I am Mr. Family is overrated. Like if you were to put a bunch of people in this say, yeah, my, my so-and-so and my family is such an asshole, but he's my family. So I love him or I love her. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't do that. I am. Uh, yeah, he's an asshole. 
Yeah, but you love him, don't you? Eh. I I don't know. Uh, not at this exact moment. No, I I can't stand that fucker. Uh, or she, or he, or whoever. No, I don't, I don't fucking talk to them. Fuck that shit. Yeah, but that's your family. Yeah, I know, but fucking, I have feelings too, goddammit. I mean, fuck that shit. That's your blood. Ah, fuck the blood. I don't give a shit. If you're an asshole, I don't want to talk to you. Go fuck yourself. Megan says, um, my anecdote is a devastate is devastating to think about. Now I need to go hug my parents. Exactly. Megan says, I tell my kids I always love you, but I don't always like you. I might be the asshole in my family. No, 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 no. I, I'll go one further. Yeah, sure, I love you. But more importantly, I don't like you. But I'll go even one further. With zero hope that I will ever like you. Zero hope. Like, you're done. You're out of the, you're off the team. You're fucking uh, Prince Harry. Fuck you. Which, by the way, I think Prince Harry may... I don't know all the details on that, but didn't, like... Uh, wasn't there, like, some racist discussion because he married Meghan Markle? And then there was some talk about the kid's skin color. I cannot believe that there was even that discussion about the kid's skin color. That's what That was the death blow. First of all, she's, like, very light-skinned and... And he's as white as a ghost, so, I mean, it's pretty obvious. That kid's going to be white as shit. He's not going to be ginger white, but he'll be white. Uh, Bob says, just because they're blood doesn't mean shit. Family is what you make it. Exactly. Kent says, did I already read Kent? My wife's dealing with that. With her family right now. Well, that's a bummer. Uh, which, by the way, I never did mention that the king has cancer. Now, never before has there been a story about someone as prominent in the world with um, so little, I don't know, interest or details. You would think that the king of England getting cancer would be Something that would pique my interest. But um, I can't think of a less interesting, famous, rich person in all of eternity than, than the royal family. The only interesting one in the royal family is, is fucking Harry. And that's not that interesting at all. God damn it. And then they're talking about like how as uh, the king is getting like cancer treatment that uh, William now has to take over king duties. And they're like ribbon cuttings, wine tasting, uh, ground breakings, uh, walk through an orphanage and act like you care about those kids. Jesus.
Uh, Corey says they have become too unlikable. Well, I, I disagree. I, I, I was never interested. I've never been interested in any of those people. The only time anyone has ever really paid attention to what's going on is when something salacious or horrible has happened. Uh, divorce, uh, what do you call it? The king cheating with Camilla. Problem. The divorce. Diana, the king. The death of Diana. Elton John takes candle in the wind and writes it about the queen or the divorce queen. I don't know. But those folks, they're like, oh, my God, this is so great. They're so interesting. They're not interesting at all. They're fucking horrible. Uh, Amanda says she is interested. What, what part of it is interesting to you? I don't, I don't understand. I mean, if there was something interesting, what is it? Other than just, oh no, they're royal. You can't just say that. You got, there's got to be something that's intriguing about these people. And, and as predicted, just the whole dynamic, that doesn't say anything. I mean, something specific. Of, uh, as, as to Why? Yeah, she's speaking in generalizations. Amanda doesn't have the intellectual capacity to actually formulate a thought as to why they're interesting. All she said was the dynamic, and I watched a TV show, and it's fascinating. Okay, so you should be able to give me something specific that's interesting. But there's not. You're just saying that because you think so. She writes, Kate was in the hospital for abdominal pain. So William actually cannot perform any of the king's duties right now because he's busy doing that. So they had to fly Harry in and now they're trying to figure out who's going to take care of everything. That does not sound interesting to me. You know what is more interesting Making fun of you for being interested in such drivel. Who's going to take care of everything? Take care of what? They don't do anything. Now, if Harry walked in to Buckingham Palace and just, you know, started unloading magazine after magazine of AK-47 rounds. Now we're talking. Uh, all right. Wait right there, folks. Easy's got to go tinkle. I will be right back. Allow Amanda to entertain you with stupid, useless royal family information. And then I'm going to come back and block her. Uh, Ryan is uh, trying to bait Amanda into getting in trouble. Look at O'Neal. Because Amanda announces um, (laughs) 
I said I was going to come back and block her. No, I was, I was kidding, of course. She wrote, you know what? You know what? Don't fucking block me. I'm out anyway. I don't have time to deal with this. Deal with this? What are you talking about? We're just talking about how the uh, royal family is not interesting. Jesus. She says, uh, Ryan, so Ryan wrote, I'm very sad we did not get an Amanda impression through all of that. I have nothing to look forward to anymore. Amanda says, I'm going to see Matt Reif tonight, so I don't really care what any of you say. Wait a minute. So because you're going to see a comedian, everybody else can go fuck themselves? Is that is that what's going on here? I don't get it. Weird. And then Matt says, tell us about this Matt Reif, Amanda. I haven't a clue. You're trying to get her to talk. And if she talks, that leads to hilarity. Kenny says, please yell out at Matt tonight and act a fool so I can see him on TikTok going off on you later. Yeah. Why don't you get in the front row and be um, like the way you are when I do my show. Are you going to afford Matt the uh, the luxury of doing a show without random interjections from you? That's a great question. Thank you, guys. great opportunity to find out from Amanda. Yeah. That's no way to answer a phone. I knew you were going to call me. You did? I did. How come? Why? What, What the hell's going on? I just got this feeling. You got a feeling? I don't understand. About what? What, what? what would I be calling you about? I, I don't know either because I said I wasn't going to talk to anybody anymore or because I said I was going to see Matt Rife tonight. I don't know. Um, I see you wrote something about it was. Uh, let's see what you wrote. You know what? Don't fucking block me. I'm out anyway. I don't have time to deal with this. Deal with what? I don't understand what you were dealing with. Oh, just the, the the chat, you getting pissed off and everything. I just had a uh, telehealth appointment with my psychologist so that I can get on some different medication because I've been putting up with shit all week. Well, I didn't give you any shit. I just said the king and queen aren't interesting and that the, and you and you disagreed. What the hell's wrong with that? Well, if you, you got to watch the crown. You got to like, I, I follow this, this guy on um, YouTube, talks about it all the time. And um, he has really interesting things to say, but I haven't done it recently, so that's why I couldn't come up with anything, any recent examples. Uh, you wrote that you're going to see Matt Rife. I, I think, and I, I, I said that's a comedian. That's right, right? He's a comedian? Yes. Yeah, Ben doesn't like him. So when he's doing a show, like let's say he formulates a thought or he's doing a bit or something like that, um depending on how close you are or maybe the people around you, will the silence be broken or will Matt be interrupted with, I like bowling. 
No, I'm hoping that he just sees what I'm wearing and says something because we're second row from the front. Okay, so you're not going to blurt things out and interrupt them with random things. So how come? No, because if you if you do that, you piss him off, and then he won't do any crowd work with you. Really? Oh, wow. He so he he doesn't like that. No, he wants it organic. He wants oh. organic stuff, usually driven by him. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Boy, what a concept. I that that's so awesome that you afford him that. Yeah, he makes a lot of money, doesn't he? Yeah, I know he sure does. I sure wish I had that luxury. But no, I gotta, well, I gotta tolerate. He, he doesn't have a chat underneath him, though. Uh, so. Oh yeah, I know. He's got even better. He's got you. You can just scream it out if you want. But no, you don't do that. Well, no, if, if there was a chat going on underneath his talking, I probably would be partaking in that. So if there was a chat that he couldn't see that was scrolling behind him on a screen. Uh, Matt will be talking about a comedy bit and you would talk about, you know, whatever's on your brain. Hey, everybody. Hey, guess what? Guess what? I like leather chairs. Yeah, you made your point. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know I do. I know. Oh, well, enjoy the show. I'm just so happy that you're able to go and have a good time. Who are you paying to go with you? My daughter. Oh, okay. Your daughter's going. It's her Christmas and birthday and all kinds of other presents. All right. Okay. Where, where is, where is it? It's a meet and greet. It's a meet and greet. Where? Oh no. Poor Matt. Oh my God. What, what, uh, where is the, uh, event? DeVos. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, Matt Reif, Amanda, uh, Amanda's <laughs> offspring. And, um, okay. Uh, it sounds, it sounds like a good time. Enjoy yourself. Oh, I will. Okay. All right. Okay, see ya. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. Florida man says you used to make Matt Rife money, but you destroyed your garden of listeners almost two years ago. That's right. Does anybody have the garden of listeners? Um letter i would love to read the garden of listeners eric you have planted seeds cultivated you turned the soil and other agricultural references you have applied the fertilizer you have been the sunlight to help the garden of listeners grow now you have burned the crops what in the world are we to do uh aram says if someone is still part of that facebook group it could be looked up yeah if, if you could uh i know there's a few of you the moles who are here um uh, all right i'm already way behind way behind first off for the folks who are watching on facebook x and youtube thank you for being here i'm going to send you on your way though the rest of the show is available on twitch search eric zane live audio podcast as soon as i get done with this email me on the shoreliner striping inbox if you ever want to chat eric at eric
and join me on Patreon as well for seven days free to try it out. I just heard from a person with a name I love, Genevieve. Genevieve L. Just joined for seven days free. You do have to put in a payment form, but it's uh, completely foolproof. You can cancel at any time. You can even cancel before the seven days is up and you still get the seven days. All right. The open and live stream of the show today brought to you by Joe Martinez and A and E heating and cooling. I think Joe Martinez may have been at the basketball game last night. I'm not, I, I, I think so. I think he, I'm pretty sure he had tickets. So he may have had to sit through 37 minutes of the shot clock disaster. Um, Thank you very much for being part of the show, Senor Martinez. 616-516-8579. Chris says he just found the Garden of Listeners. Uh, either sent, I can't look at the link because it's on that stupid page. So screenshot it and send it along to the usual spot. Email. I would appreciate that. So we can have fun with that nonsense. In hindsight, that would be hilarious. Uh, 616-516-8579. For Senor Martinez, you can still get a free furnace tune-up as he's partnered with DTE till the end of February. Or if you have something uh, a little bit bigger in scope, like a new furnace to be installed, or um, new AC, central air, maybe even a new water heater, uh, they can help you at A&E Heating and Cooling. It's pretty much done everything in my house. New uh, new boiler. New furnace. He uh, services my AC. I imagine my AC is going to go out before too long, and he's going to have to replace that too. Thank you, Joe. You're the best. 616-516-8579. Another great local sponsor, Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. 616-532-6600 or just go to ervines.com that's ervines.com for more information right in the middle of Grand Rapids, Michigan whether it's preventative maintenance something as simple as an oil change uh, or maybe something a little bit more involved that requires you to get the service that you need for your vehicle all makes and models, including hybrids and EVs. Uh, reach out to my friends at Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV. The Green Medicine Shop. When you buy your cannabis in the great state of Michigan, in Greenville, Michigan, at The Green Medicine Shop, you are skipping the 10% Michigan excise tax that is charged on medicinal, I'm sorry, on recreational cannabis. You are also getting a higher quality of cannabis. It's above my pay grade to explain that, but it's all on their website, thegreenmedicineshop.com. So this is a uh, medical facility. Um, 
because in Greenville, Michigan, they have an ordinance to keep recreational marijuana out of the city because they're a bunch of fuddy-duddies for crying out loud. Anyway, Shawnee and Matt opened up the green medicine shop. They still have a robust business, and they would like you to be part of it so you can see the difference of uh, getting your uh, cannabis at a um, medical facility. So make the trip to Greenville, Michigan, to the Green Medicine Shop. You cannot purchase cannabis there without a medical card. When you go to thegreenmedicineshop.com, click where it says get a medical card. And you can have a card in 15 minutes or less. And then the $90 cost to get that card is eliminated because you will get a $100 in-store credit if you get the card like that. Now, if you already have a medical card, whatever. Just go there and buy, buy, buy. Kyle says all medical edibles, better quality. I took 40 milligrams last night and I laughed all night. Okay, I better have to, I, I That might be above my pay grade, what I'm saying there. I'm talking about like when you uh, smoke, okay? I don't smoke pot, but the way it was described to me is there's a lot less impurities in the flowers um, in medical cannabis than recreational cannabis. Anyway, go to The Green Medicine Shop and uh, check them out online. TheGreenMedicineShop.com All right. EZ, it has been emailed to you. Ben says he screenshotted and texted. Hello to Ben. Uh, if you, I think Chris is going to probably send me some, uh, new X's and bros material. See how you're doing. God, I wish I had my glasses. Eric, you've grown a garden of close people in the name of friends and supporters since 2016. It seems to me to us, them, that those friends are disposable support you can be selective about. That is a true statement. So, yeah, if I have people that are like close to me and they lose their fucking minds, yes, I would then be selective about having them around. There has never been a truer statement. If they leave, or when you decide to ban them for whatever random reason your mind creates, you drag them through the mud and paint them as bad guys without thought. Very true. You are quick to turn the audience against them, regardless of past support. You are shunned, banned, removed, bashed. You are called a cunt 
or a stalker or a betrayer who, quote, hey, she once got a flooring giveaway from my, from me guys. So this is all coming out, all the shit. How dare you? If you decide to leave, the harder you support, the stronger the supporter bashing is heard upon leaving. That is not how it's supposed to work. Bash in the name of ball busting. That is fun. That is encouraged. Not okay when you mean it. Anna supported you forever and grew tired of the same things that are still happening today. That is not true. Anna left the show because it was becoming too conservative for her. Her words. In fact, I've heard from Anna since then. She likes, I like the current direction of EZ. And I'm like, well, well, okay. You know, I don't, I don't talk about the things or feel the way I feel. Uh, to try to win favor, it's just what I'm feeling. You Either you like it or you don't. You listen or you don't. I don't care. Aram says this, what I'm reading, is a collaborative by the three highest-ranking Zaniacs. Yes. Um, what was her name again? God damn it. Beginning with an A. Don't cut the big black dick because I know you want to Her. Andrea, that's her name. And um, Nick and Pellerito. Anna had the audacity to think she was friends enough to offer coffee to air her grievances. <laughs> that, that was right. Anna was like, can we go out for coffee so I can tell you that I'm not going to listen to you anymore? And I was like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. Just go. I don't give a fuck. Who gives a shit? It's a show. Either you like it or you don't. You told her to fuck off. <laughs> you told her to fuck off and fuck her coffee. And promptly ran her through the mud publicly for offering that. Why is it okay to air grievances now? Why would any be interested? Seems contradictory to me. You see, what's fantastic about this is how hilarious all of it is now in hindsight this is so fun to go back and read whether anna dirk gun lake i guess that was the name of somebody brady don't remember bleeding hot brian who listens regularly i talked he just texted me this morning other many recent others are ones on the fence. To be clear, Gun Lake, you know how Gun Lake, I forgot his name. I just know him as Gun Lake. Gun Lake, I've told this story recently. When after Ben threw me under the bus like the bitch that he is, I'm kidding. And then we started to uh, turn it around like we made friends again. I, uh, I Ben came in here and we, we chatted. And since then, it's been fantastic. We solved the problem. He, during that period of time, went on to the then Zaniacs United page and put a picture of Ben and called him a snowflake. 
And so I reached out. I go, hey, dude, um, you know, I finally got it back to get going with Ben, and I'd like to keep it that way. Can you just lay off of him? Which was a reasonable request, I thought. And he typed back, texted back, uh, you never learn, do you? And I'm like, what? What's up? Uh, yeah, he has, he's mentally disturbed. He's just like my ex-wife and she never changed. Thus, Ben will never change. And I go, well, I don't know if there's any change needed, first of all. Um, so, uh, and then I got nasty. I said, well, yeah, well, fuck you. Um, and go fuck yourself and you're out. So that's, that's what was the, so these guys are taking all of that background and throwing that all out the window and just writing down that I just for some reason turned on him. No, there was a legitimate reason for turning on Troy. And it was what I just described to you. That's his name. Troy. One of you wrote down Troy. I had forgotten his name was Troy. Um, Words leave your mouth, and then it's their problem to deal with. They may have decided on the solution to their problem. This is written so oddly. You got to understand, these three are usually drunk, and they're not bright. They don't have ill will to the show, but the dismissive nature of big supporters is if they were livestock makes them question the integrity of the friend or family they felt being a part of this thing was. They grow tired of it as a result. Can you believe these assholes? These are listeners of a podcast. I have been telling everybody to fuck off for 30 years. It makes it, it makes it feel fake. And as the next supporter is bashed for leaving, whether by choice or shown the door, the next domino supporter falls. I don't think they are interested in discussing. You need that barrier. Put it up. I don't mind. But live by your words. It's a show. Take it or leave it. Leave the fans to themselves. Signed the admins. Yes, we talked. <laughs> How great is that? Oh my God. And I, yeah, I don't know where I'd be. I mean, I don't know how I'm making it these days without them around. Oh my God. Ben says that Troy might have been one of the ones to tell me to kill myself on Reddit. I can't remember. Told you to kill yourself. Chris right. Uh, Chris wrote, this is seriously like a breakup letter. Stalkerito had tears in his eyes when writing this. Oh, I guarantee it. Mike says, can you read it again in foghorn leghorn voice? Um, God, I don't even know how the fuck we got on that topic, but I'm glad we did. Yeah. When all that was going on, that, uh, that is true. A bunch of people told poor Ben to commit suicide. And you know, that's not something that, uh, uh, Ben wants to hear. I mean, nobody would want to hear that. 
But rest assured, Ben should not. I mean, out of all of us here, I mean, that's kind of been in the playbook for Ben. And uh, it's, it's not right now. I hope not now. I mean, Ben seems to be in a much better place these days because everybody loves him. Who doesn't love fucking Ben? I mean, my God. His presence alone is worth the price of admission. We love Ben. He says, I've got a rope handy. So yeah, it's still in the playbook. Aram suggests that the Garden of Listeners Manifesto should be translated into the most used languages around the world. Yeah, we can put it in Farsi and whatever. Whatever other languages. Hindu? Hindi? Tyler says, that's almost as bad as making suicide jokes at a veteran PTSD event. One of my favorite stories of all time which gets better after every telling. It's like the shot clock story. This was at a point in time after Ben threw me under the bus and we weren't talking. But he went to Donnie Veltman's club, uh, Back Alley Comedy Club. He was invited in with a bunch of local comics. This is an absolutely true story that can be told either with or without Ben. It was a fundraiser for uh, veterans with PTSD who need support animals. The Jaeger Foundation. These veterans uh, were really fucked up and they needed the dog. So if they get the dog, then they don't think about suicide. I'm not even kidding you. So a lot of these people, it's the first time they've been out of the house in like forever. They're having a terrible, terrible PTSD. And all they want is a puppy dog to help them. So this fundraiser, uh, hopefully will raise enough money to get people a puppy dog. Ben gets on stage and Cracks a couple jokes, maybe about dating. You know, he's getting them all lubed up and warmed up. The crowd's loving it. Yet one veteran look to another and say, it's been so long since we've laughed. Oh, this has been for us. This is, this is what we needed. This is the light at the end of the tunnel. We're here and we're laughing and we're sharing fellowship and we're going to get a dog. This wonderful comedian is sharing his gifts with us. His gifts of laughter. I'm laughing at his jokes about relationships and he's talking about getting ghosted and he's such a fuck and we're laughing at him and we love all this. Tyler writes, the veterans all sat down thinking, ah, what a relief. We can escape our suicidal thoughts for one wonderful evening. You know, you if, you if you can look at their at their fists, they were like white knuckling it when they got there. Then they slowly just relaxed and they were laughing, enjoying life so much. <laughs> oh my god! And then Ben pulls the ultimate bait and switch. After a handful of minutes of 
silly jokes and and wacky anecdotes and hey uh, what's the deal with rain and they're like oh yes yes thank you Ben Bentley's he starts talking about fucking hanging himself oh my god like he's going deep and slowly but surely he hears the laughter die and he starts hearing grinding noises those are teeth from these veterans are like oh god blood is spurting out of wrists the veterans are swinging from the rafters this guy's waterboarding himself Ben's like, what's what? What's going on? I was hearing laughter, and now I'm hearing uh, 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 wails of uh, of anguish. It was if they had like a fucking night at the Apollo hook, they would have they would have hit him with it and dragged him off the fucking stage. This ends mercifully. Everyone's dead. The whole, everyone in the audience is dead. It looks like fucking Jamestown. They've all killed themselves. Donnie Veltman gathers them all around. He goes, okay, guys. We got to finish the show, even though everyone's dead. No more suicide jokes going forward. And Ben's like, what? Huh? Those killed, Literally. God damn it, Ben. So Donnie, this is before Donnie was, um, had a hit put out on him by Michael Rappaport. He comes over my house for some reason. He's, you won't believe what fucking happened. You won't believe what he did. And your set quickly went through the entire comedy scene in Grand Rapids about this psycho, uh, comic with fucking titties wearing a baseball hat got on stage in a room full of PTSD victims to tell them suicide jokes you asshole holy shit A and D cleaning is in the house that's Denny Porter He says, Little Dick Don, love that guy. Uh, Denny also writes, Denny's the one who invented the great food giveaway, by the way. He used to sponsor the show. His wife, Amy, A&D Cleaning, remember? You should get back on. What are you doing? Why is, is she working every hour of every day? If not, call me. We can tell everybody about her. Uh, Nick says that set would have had 10 million hits if caught on video. Danny writes, Hey, I was watching your podcast. You stated you have arthritis in your knee. Then he gives me advice on what to do to get rid of it. I'd like to ease it. He says, go get beagle oil. It works amazing. My knee surgeon recommended it to me. 
beagle oil? Be like dog rough rough Snoopy beagle oil? Wow, I'm I'm curious what beagle oil is. <laughs> Tyler says like oil made out of ground up beagles? Is there like a a beagle oil factory when they're like, "Hey, we're running low on beagles. Give me some more beagles so we can ground them up into sludge." He says, "Yes, that's what it is." Okay, now I, I, it isn't often that I like to stop what I'm doing. All right, when I look up Beagle Oil Wiki, okay, now there's Beagle Oil, there's B-I-G-E-L Oil, but that's not the same as what you wrote because you wrote Beagle like the dog, B-E-A-G-L-E. So there is a product that's B-I-G-E-L and I don't think it's made from ground up beagles. Anyway, thank you for the suggestion. I always appreciate that. Um, Kyler is here insulting me or insulting somebody. He showed up earlier and said, Hey, I'm here because I heard there was, there were boobs here. Uh, Kyler's another one of these cavemen who the, the historic story about Ashley showing her boobies has um, affected him in a way that he's now listening to the show again, at least for one day. Well, I'm glad you're here. And then he says, good thing we've never heard a dog bark. Great impression, idiot. Did I do an impression of a dog? I don't recall that. Nick says made from 100% fresh squeezed beagle. Good God. It's an awful thought. So, as you know, Easy being a big fan of the Detroit Lions. One of the greatest of all time is Calvin Johnson. He's one of these guys who when he played for the Lions, uh, he got the shit beat out of him. So much so that he only made it to 30 years old. Now, typically, you know, you, you get a lot more in the tank. You can go a lot longer than the short career he had. I think his career was like uh, not that long, maybe like eight years or so, maybe nine years. Enormous, six foot five, 230 pounds. You know, there were times when he would go out for a pass and there would be three little buddies surrounding him. And Matthew Stafford would just throw it high and then he would jump like eight feet in the air and get the ball. His nickname, Megatron. Great nickname. Aram asked, Kyler, why did you quit the show? I don't think he quit the show. 
I don't think he did like Garden of Listeners quitting, but I don't think he's been here in a while for some reason. It might be. So, yeah, I guess. But uh, I think it had to do with your work. I don't know. I don't think I did anything. I'm 99.5% sure of that. Kyler loves me. There you go. Tracy has not been able to work. Oh, no. I'm sorry to hear that. Life soccer practice on live nights. So rewatching alive sucks. All right. I think I know what you mean. Um, anyway, Megatron, he was badly hurt by the time he retired and he just couldn't, he couldn't go anymore. He uh, constantly getting hurt. And it's amazing because he was so good. They drafted him in 07. And then in the 08 season, his second year in the league, he caught like a ton of balls for like more than 1,300 yards, and they still lost all of their games that year. They were 0 and 16. That's how bad they were. <laughs> you get one of the greatest receivers of all time on your team, and you still finish 0 and 16. Eventually, he left in a huff. The Lions demanded the signing bonus back. It was all ugly. Uh, another Hall of Famer that left the Lions with uh, bad blood. Barry Sanders did the same thing. He hated the Lions. Lions hated him. Megatron uh, hated the Lions. Lions hated him. Now they're all back. That was one of the things that the um, new boss, Sheila Ford, wanted to do was make sure that those great players were welcome back. He was in being interviewed yesterday on uh, Robert Griffin III, his podcast. And um, a big reveal. Calvin Johnson indicated while being interviewed that he used to play uh, on drugs. He was stoned during his, uh, his final year in the league. This is unbelievable. Did you ever play any games high? Yes, I have. There were some games there in my career, man. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it today. <laughs> so I, just, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to make it today. Let me get my mind right. So you obviously had the game. Uh, this was against the Dallas Cowboys in tw- uh-huh. yeah. 2013, where you had 329 receiving yards. Were you uh, you know, d- diving into the, the cannabis, or, or was it later, more so 2014, 2015? No, nah, it, it was like my last year when I was just like, I was barely hanging on. If you had 329 receiving yards, Getting fried before the game. I mean, everybody going to be getting fried before the game now because the kick out Johnson did it. <laughs> Fake laugh. Edited it in. I cannot imagine uh, being under the influence of marijuana and then performing at a high level. His final year in the league, he did very well that year. Um, and is it, you know, while you're in the locker room, are you getting high? I doubt that. It would have to be like before you arrived at the facility. You know, and then, you know, you stink. You smoke pot, you stink. Maybe it was uh, edibles. He could have done edibles. In fact, I would probably assume that he would be doing that. Um, which I don't know if that hits harder, 
not as hard, as hard, no idea. I guess it's all a matter of how how much you take. (coughs) But I know that the last time I was under the influence of marijuana, marijuana was 1991. Kyle says, I do it all the time. I get high. I use power tools. I climb ladders. I work on vehicles. You have to find the right brand. God, I don't, I don't really recommend that. I just, for some reason, I feel like you're going to hurt yourself. Do you make any like big life decisions when you're, when you're high too, you know, like if you had a loved one that is, uh, about to kick the bucket and you're trying, and you have to decide whether or not to let them live or die, like take them off life support. Are you like, hang on, let me go get high and then I'll make that decision. Last time I was stoned. I was an absolute mess. So goddamn paranoid and laughing my balls off at the same time at everything. Everything. Kyle says you have to find the right brand. So are you telling me that when they say don't operate any machinery under the influence If you are working as a machine press operator, one that uh, right where you put your work in to be pressed, there's like an image of a hand with a line going through it. You mean to tell me that that sign should say, keep hands out, do not operate under the influence, parentheses, unless you find the right brand. Kyle says you act like making a decision on whether to pull the plug is something that happens on a weekly basis. Yeah, just fucking go with the bit, fuck face. Don't sit there and nitpick my jokes. Who are you, Amanda? All right. I just found it interesting. That he played while stoned. That's not easy. All right, don't hate me. I got to go pee again. So I can't even concentrate. I got to go so bad. It's unbelievable. Ben asks, make gay love while high. Oh, I guarantee it. I'm so glad that we got Ben in here and we're, we were reminded of the Ben telling jokes to the suicide uh, PTSD people. That one will never get old, Ben. I want you to know that. And every time we tell it, it's going to get more intense. <clears throat> uh, thank you to Tag Accounting. The tax hobbit wants to do your taxes. Your personal return Um, that is due coming up in April. All I want you to do, or all you have to do 
is reach out to Tag Accounting and they take care of everything else. 616-301-9516 from no matter where you are in the U.S. You call that number, say, Easy sent me. I want Troy to do my taxes. That's the last thing you'll have to do. He takes care of everything. You can also email him, Troy at tagcpa.net. Here's his website. And off you go. Tagcpa.net is where you go. Absolutely perfect. It's all handled. Frank Fuss, talking insurance earlier. Frank Fuss is going to help you when it comes to getting your health care. Do not go without health care. You can get it in the marketplace known as Obamacare. That's the way we do it now. Uh, but doing that on your own is not the easiest job, and there's a lot you can mess up. Year one of me utilizing Obamacare, I did just that. I messed it up. And then the documentation that I support uh, sent along made it so that I lost my physician, Dr. Byers, for one full year. That's because I didn't do it right. So skip all that and just have Frank fill everything out for you. Go to buyinsurancehere.com, B-U-Y insurancehere.com. Frank will help you navigate um, healthcare.gov, and it doesn't cost you a dime. Everything is free with uh, Frank. He is a licensed independent insurance agent slash broker. He's commissioned by the insurance companies to get people into policies. That's how he gets paid. Join me at the Grand Rapids Gold Game tonight or Sunday. You never know when something ridiculous is going to happen. Like a 37-minute pause in the action for us to have a dance party and watch Buckets do half-court shots. I'm kidding. That won't happen again. But it was just ridiculous that it did. Uh, get tickets at GrandRapidsGold.com for $14. As low as $14. You can pay more if you want. <clears throat> Excuse me. <coughs> Tonight is $2 beers, $2 dogs. So, uh, should be a great crowd. Should be a lot of fun. Um, I guess there's some dude from Grand Rapids that's on the team. On the um, College Park Skyhawks. His name is Kobe Buffkin. From Grand Rapids, he got drafted by the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, he plays, he played at Michigan. First round draft pick. Come see him tonight at the Grand Rapids Gold basketball game. Thank you to Matt S. As in Sam. For sending me this unbelievable story that i hadn't heard about and it's absolutely diabolically funny and nuts brianna kingsley this happened in a pontiac michigan courtroom was born a dude at some point down the road wanted to be a chick Brianna is 40 and had a boyfriend, a 37-year-old dude named William Wojciechowski. 
Brianna, in becoming a woman, really went in hard and actually had then his, now hers, balls cut off. Like went through a surgical procedure to have the balls removed. And the doc agreed to let Brianna leave the hospital with the balls, the testicles. And I am not kidding you. Brianna put the testicles in a fucking jar, a mason jar, screwed on the lid and put her, her balls into William Wojciechowski's fridge. Time passes. The two break up. Brianna wants to get her things out of the guy's house. There's a restraining order involved. Brianna has to show up with a um, local deputy to get her things. She walks into the house, gets all of her shit, Leaves the balls in the fridge. Time passes. William Wojciechowski says, this is fucking bullshit. I got to get rid of these balls. And takes the jar full of testicles and throws them away. Period of time passes. You think I'm kidding? This is in the Detroit News. This, This just happened. This is Brianna here with an emotional support dog in her lap in the courtroom. Trying to get her balls back. Uh, the balls are gone. Guy threw them away. So she's suing. She's like, she calls him up. She goes, hey, can I get my, my nuts back? And he goes, no. Why? Because I threw them out. They were actually f- rotting in the fridge. Your balls were rotting in a jar in my fucking fridge. So she got all pissed off. And she sued the guy <coughs> for $6,500 for some reason. I, why that figure? I don't know. And now the judge has ruled um, ruled on this case. District judge Wednesday denied a pair of dueling $6,500 small claims petitions because he countersued. The guy who had the balls, the 30 uh, William Wojciechowski, uh, he was suing back, and I don't know, what the fuck? The judge actually said, it's a wash. The headline reads, judge rules, it's a wash. In Pontiac court, Battle over transgender woman's testicles. The uh, language in the testimony is just outrageous. Kingsley filed a handwritten small claims petition in August claiming Wojciechowski, quote, retains possessions, possession of my surgically extracted testicles preserved in a a mason jar and kept in the fridge next to the eggs demand immediate return of my human remains specimen and damages of $6,500. What the fuck? 
Wojciechowski filed a counterclaim seeking $6,500 in damages because he said he had been humiliated by coverage of the case by worldwide news, news outlets. I hadn't heard of this. This is incredible. The judge denied both claims, a decision that he said Wednesday cannot be appealed. Can you imagine being a judge working your whole life to uh, uh, bestow your wisdom in, in court cases and you have to sit in front of these two fucking idiots and discuss whether or not uh, this this woman, formerly a dude, can get her balls back out of his fucking fridge. Uh, the judge said that Kingsley had an opportunity to get her testicles back when the Oakland County Sheriff's deputy accompanied her to Wojciechowski's Pontiac home in January of 23. So just over a year ago. When the deputy escorted her to the house, Kingsley had just gotten out of the Oakland County Jail where she'd been incarcerated for three days and fined $100 for violating a personal protection order Wojciechowski had filed against her, thus getting the deputy to accompany her to get her shit. We allow a one-time visit with a sheriff's officer in situations like that for people to go back to get their belongings, the judge said. Kingsley failed to retrieve the testicles from the refrigerator at that time. If the balls were so important to her, she had the opportunity to grab them. She did not. She left her testicles in the fridge. Wojciechowski then kept them in there for seven months and threw them out in July. This is Wojciechowski. This is the guy that threw the balls away. Um... They were rotting in my fridge, and it was disgusting. I've got food in there. I wanted to eat, Wojciechowski told the judge. She didn't keep them in a biohazard container like she was supposed to do. I guess if you put them in, like, formaldehyde, that's one thing. Um, but she had them in a mason jar in his fridge. I mean, think about that. You got a set of balls in there for months on end. No preservatives or anything like that. My God, I would have thrown them out too. I mean, I've seen like what happens when you have, when like a, a thing of cottage cheese is like a week, a week overdue, it starts to turn. It's all fucked up looking. It's like when you um are cleaning out your fridge and you realize you forgot something and they're from long ago and you're like, oh God, I don't even want to open it up. This is in a clear mason jar. So you're getting an update every day at the level of uh, uh, decomposition on those balls. That is so delicious. That makes me hard just thinking about how good they would taste. I have to admit, I was trying to make Ben Glaze laugh at that joke specifically. Since the testicles had been discarded, the judge said he was unable to grant Kingsley's request that they be returned to her. And he asked why that she arrived on $6,500. Specifically why I asked you, I can put a dollar amount on say, if you were missing work at $16 an hour, the judge said, but as to testicles, I can't really put a dollar value on testicles in a Mason jar. Kingsley clutched a small black comfort dog throughout the hearing, as you saw. And the March 23rd, 2022 surgery. So that means the balls were in there from March 23, wait, March of 22 
following March of 22 is one year. So a year and four months later, they're still in the fridge before this guy throws them out. I kind of wish I could see them. This part is going to piss a lot of you off. The March 20th, uh, the March 22 surgery at Henry Ford Hospital was a $20,000 expense. Although she said because she's disabled, the state of Michigan paid to have her balls removed. The judge said the state paid for that. You didn't. You're not going to be justly unjustly enriched. Kingsley said they were they were my testicles. We're talking about my nuts. I wanted them in the fridge, in my fridge, not his. He denied me access to my own body parts. I don't think that can be quantified. The damages were the loss of these nuts. <laughs> she should have said these nuts. According to the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Medicaid program covers medically necessary gender affirmation slash confirming medical, surgical, and pharmacologic treatments and procedures for beneficiaries clinically diagnosed with gender dysphoria. Medicaid is the government health insurance coverage for the indigent, uh, mostly low-income residents. At one point during Wednesday's hearing, the judge told Kingsley to stop interrupting him, saying, I've been patient enough. Um, these two met in April of 2020, moved in each other with each other in 21. After the surgery, Kingsley put the pet testicles in a mason jar, stored them in the fridge because, quote, I deal with trauma with comedy. Shakespeare did it. All right. So in dealing with the trauma, the balls in the fridge are going to make you laugh. Is that what you're suggesting? So basically then the idea is since the balls are in the jar and in the fridge, uh, you're walking around having a bad day. Some might, you know, go see Matt Reif. Some might listen to this podcast. Some might go see a comic tell suicide jokes in front of PTSD victims. Some might open up the fridge and and look at bloody balls. Who are we to judge? I would say the bloody balls are probably more hilarious than my show. So, all right, I can see that. That's how she deals with trauma. She likes to open up the fridge and then it's, you know, it's got like coffee creamer, maybe some peaches, um, some pre-washed spinach and testicles. That's hilarious, right? They broke up in 22, December of 22. Dude secured a personal protection order which she violated a month later. And that led us to going back to the place, getting her shit, and she left the fucking balls there. Well, the balls are gone. The judge said, you don't get $6,500 
and you don't get $6,500 and you go your separate ways. Wow. Kenny asks a foolish question. He says, why the fuck would the state of Michigan pay for an elective surgery such as this in the first place? That makes no sense at all. No, it makes absolutely a ton of sense. It makes the most sense. A person suffering from uh, body dysphoria is a mental illness. And the treatment for that is change your body. In some cases, it's medicine. In this case, it was to get your balls cut off. She's cured now. Um, not Chuck Norris says, I asked to see the chunk of shoulder they cut out of me after the surgery and they wouldn't even keep it. To sh- they wouldn't even keep it to just show me. Yeah, I thought the same thing. That's weird that they would let her leave the hospital, you know, with like, you know how like a mom leaves with a bundle of joy baby. Uh, the fact that she walked out of the hospital with the balls in a mason jar. Tyler says the same thing. I'm amazed she was able to leave with those that easily. There's a lot of legality that normally goes into that process. Well, there's a, that's why she wanted them back. That's why she sued. She loved those fucking balls. She wanted to laugh. She says, how am I going to laugh anymore if I have to open up the fridge and I don't see balls there? Donut Dan does not like this as well. He doesn't like that these people who have a a legitimate mental and physical uh, ailment aren't getting the help that they deserve. And I don't understand why any of you wouldn't get that. I mean, if you're indigent and you have cancer, you get cancer treatment. If you're indigent and you suffer from body dysphoria, you get your balls cut off, put them in the fridge. That's how it works. It works fine. Besides, don't make such a big deal about this. You got to realize this person got their balls cut off. Let them be. You on your on your on your worst day have it better off than the person whose goal it is to cut off their balls. So I am all for people uh, using tax dollars to get their balls cut off. In fact, if I were running day one, another easy executive order. Day one president um 100 free to get your balls cut off if you want your balls cut off you can gonna get you then you're gonna get your balls cut off free free ball cutting easy ball cutting easy ball removal cole says she cannot laugh anymore or be funny or drive or be rational since she lost her balls exactly um You know, I could see that woman going to work with a cooler next to her with her balls in it. And then if she gets the blues, pull out the balls, look at them, start laughing. Laugh, laugh a minute or riot. I can't think of anything more funny 
than just opening up the fridge and seeing your balls. I support that. And any of you that do not support free ball removal surgery, um, you're a goddamn commie. That's what you are. You're a sadistic bigot is what you are, and you want those people to suffer. You know? All right. Well, anyway, that's how it ended. A wash. Unbelievable story. All right, before we get to the asshole of the day and on the nominations, the uh, Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage invites you to reach out to them when it comes to getting a mortgage. That's right. From anywhere in the U.S., whether it's your first mortgage or you've, or this isn't your first rodeo, the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage will roll out the red carpet for you. 231-332-6505. Please mention EZ when you call. My vouch store is open. And my God, we've added another product on the vouch store. In case you haven't heard, the latest product is the Nimble Accelerate and the Nimble Express percussion massage guns. The Express is like more of a uh, on-the-go one. You can be driving down the road and get your percussion massage gun out. It's right next to your balls. Grab it out of your purse and just massage away, I guess. Maybe not when you're driving. But anyway, percussion massage equipment is intense and will, oh my God, so therapeutic and make you feel better. These would make a great Valentine's gift too, whether it's the Express, which is just 199 bucks, or the um, Accelerate, which is the big kahuna, $369. I know that's a lot of money to spend, but uh, think about it for Valentine's Day, someone you know or love. Uh, can you imagine though, if you've got like um, pressure on your knee or your back, and you've got one of these. I mean, it works like a jackhammer. And look at all these attachments that, man, seriously, you could really do a number on your genitals with these. Damn it. Be careful. Get the Nimble Accelerate today. It makes a great gift, and you can get it at my Vouch store vouch.store slash Eric Zane. It's in the notes of the audio podcast. You can click on it and you can see for yourself uh, how this thing works. All right. Megan says you're getting closer to adult toys on this website. I don't know. Hey, I just sell what they, I just try to sell what they tell me to sell. Kyler nominates Taylor Swift for asshole of the day. I wonder why. I think he is suggesting because she got a Grammy, she'll get a Grammy and a uh, Super Bowl ring this week. That doesn't make her an asshole though. That's uh that makes her uh I don't know, lucky, uh skilled. Yeah, you got to you got to rethink that. Finally, thanks to Impact Power Sports online at impactpowersportsmi.com. They sponsor the studio. 
Go to their website. Check out the fun toys you can buy at Impact Power Sports. When I say toys, I don't mean like the uh, Nimble Accelerate. I mean like ATV, UTV, motorcycle. Yamaha Golf Carts, Michigan's newest Yamaha Golf Cart dealer. Impact Power Sports in Rockford, Michigan. I just realized I totally forgot to call Kyle this morning. What an asshole. Well, I was on a roll talking about Ben and his uh, uh, suicide comedy show. So I kind of got off the beaten path. Aram says he's staying as far away from that Super Bowl as possible. Why? Are you one of these, you're like hurt because the Lions lost? That's dumb. Kent says should have hung the nuts from the back of a truck. Nomination for um, shot clock as the asshole of the day. I, I, I struggle with an inanimate object being the asshole of the day. So, I don't know, maybe something else. Does anybody have any other suggestions? It could be the asshole of the day. Calvin Johnson, now he's the nicest guy in the world. <coughs> um, I think I'm going to make it the chick who got her balls cut off. What a waste of time. What did you expect was going to happen? You got your balls in a guy's fridge, you idiot. Uh, but definitely not the state of Michigan for paying for that gender reassignment surgery. I love that. I want that to happen more often. I'm glad that your tax dollars paid for that. Mine too. Uh, so Brianna Kingsley is your TC paintball asshole of the day. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you being here watching this show and listening to it. Head over to Patreon where there's more podcasting today. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. For the dogs, thank you and bye-bye.